0: Log Talk Radio.
1: My name is Tom sell Presidente. Yeah, we got about a thirty-minute delay to start. We are not having our racing segment today. Uh, we will be picking that back up next week. Uh, so we were going to be talking about Long Beach uh, with IndyCar in Vegas with NASCAR, but uh, we we uh, needed we need to reschedule our uh, racing segment for this week till next week. Don't worry, guys. We'll have everything up on social media to cover these two races. We'll be we're standing by here for just a moment to be joined by Rick Riggin our college football extraordinaire and uh, all around good guy. It's going to help us break down this week in college football and also on tap this hour will be Ed Kraft beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at nsf.com joins us here in about 30 minutes to break down NFL in the week three. A lot's happened. Certainly big game on Thursday night, uh, especially for you fantasy football uh, fan owners, uh, f- uh, fantasy football owners with Christian McCaffrey Ain't going down, down, down to the ring of fire, right? I know, too early to, to start with, with all of that stuff. Uh, but nine one seven eight eight nine eight five one six is our digits. Stick around; it's about to get good.
0: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
1: I, guess, I, guess. I can't believe it. I've been playing four-on-four with a
2: barber quartet. Ba, 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 ba. Pass the ball, ba, ba. Pass the rock. We're open, ba, 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 ba. just pass the
1: ball. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car
2: insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Skycar could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well.
1: Welcome back to The Balance. Uh, just a reminder, we did not have our segment today, so we've uh, uh, shortened the show to 60 minutes today, but that's okay. We'll be back on track next week, and in and soon, hopefully, uh, when we've got a lot more uh, content, we'll be able to move back to the two-hour time frame. But joining us now, Rick Regan, our official college football extraordinaire. Welcome back to The Balance. It seems like you've been gone forever. Uh <laughs> it's just been one week,
3: but I'm glad to have that kind of effect on the show. And hey man, you, you
1: have the effect like no effect. You know, the butterfly effect, <laughs> that's Funny. you, man. You're, you're the butterfly effect for the show. Okay, guys, it. I mean, uh, guys, it's just you and I, so hey. And isn't that when like something really goes, isn't there? Pardon me?
3: Isn't that when you think something's there that's really not the butterfly effect?
1: you're right, you might be right. I don't know.
3: It's a good you movie, right?
1: You might not mean anything <laughs> to the show, Rick. I just thought you did. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm just a talking head with useless knowledge. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, I, I don't cash in on that useless knowledge. Well, speaking of not so much useless knowledge, one of the things we know about, we'll get into this game here in just a minute. Obviously, Notre Dame is going to be top of mind for us today. And uh, when we get in IU and we get into some of these other games, we'll try to get through the these games as quickly as we can. Uh, but we, we saw that um, uh, Kurt Hennish is not going to be able to play. Uh, that's going to hit a huge uh, hit and leave a mark to the Notre Dame defensive line as they uh, face Matt, uh, Wisconsin, I believe, in Madison. Uh, and that's going to be a huge, huge hit uh, for the Notre Dame fight, Fighting Irish as they take on uh, Wisconsin.
3: Uh, yeah, you know, this game already has the feel of uh, Wisconsin's going to beat Notre Dame, really. I mean, they're already about a seven-point favorite anyway. So uh, this is going to add to it. It's the best defensive lineman. Uh, I mean, both teams really have big problems. Uh, but for Notre Dame, it's now it's Kurt Heinish, uh being out. And that their young, inexperienced offensive line, which is different than what we've seen the past several seasons, At Notre Dame, they've been able to control the line of scrimmage and run the ball at will. And this year, finally, that uh, talent has left, has caught up with the program. Uh, They are young and inexperienced, and they can't run the ball this year. They're going to need to do that today against uh, a very good Wisconsin defense if they want to, uh, you know, stay in this game.
1: You know, I mistakenly said, not because – I saw that it was a home game, but I see that they're playing in Chicago today. So I don't really look for weather to be a major uh, factor. Um, but what's what's the deal with the Chicago uh, location with this, these two teams today?
3: Uh, so last year, you know, the 2020 COVID season, uh, the schedule was uh, Notre Dame versus Wisconsin at Lambeau Field. And then mm-hmm. this year, Notre Dame, Wisconsin at Soldier Field, obviously covid Shut down all that, so they kept their this year's schedule the same, but last year's game was supposed to be played at Lambeau Field.
1: I got you. Makes perfect sense. Well, let's break down this game. Obviously, Wisconsin, one of the best, if not the best, teams in the uh, Big Ten for sure. Uh, it, it, even if you do throw in the mix of Penn State and Ohio State, Wisconsin is certainly in the conversation. Wisconsin's a very good, very good team. And certainly we know Notre Dame is as well. Notre Dame's had some nail biters uh, to start the season. Purdue was a, a relatively good, comfortable win for you. Uh, so let's talk about some keys to victory uh, against Wisconsin and then Oregon's the other way around. Let's just talk about some keys to the game. We'll start on the Notre Dame side. Uh, give us the, you know, a, 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 sorry, a key to the win for Notre Dame to beat Wisconsin.
3: Yeah, they're going to have to have some kind of control on line of scrimmage with that young offensive line. We're going to have to get some uh, the, the running game going to free up Jack Cone downfield. Uh, We're going to have to score. Uh, I think it's going to take uh, you know some around 28 points to win this game uh, because both teams, like I said, have problems here. Notre Dame, they can't run the ball because of that young offensive line. Uh, Wisconsin is going to obviously play the uh, field—not po- the field position, but the, uh, the time of possession game. By because they're going to run the ball down Notre Dame's throats, and their big problem is Graham Mertz, their quarterback, and he's not very good at all. So that's their big problem. So they're going to try to play the time of possession game. Meaning Notre Dame needs to score when they have the ball. We've shown well, that yeah. uh, we're, we're just not quite there yet this year with this new quarterback, a new system being put in after Ian Book, uh, we're kind of in a rebuild process in a way.
1: Well, you, may, you mentioned uh, Graham Mertz. Uh, yeah, he's got a so-so start. He's a freshman, isn't he?
3: Uh, I believe he's sophomore. But, uh, sophomore. see, he was the highly touted recruit Wisconsin wanted. And, right. uh, you know, Jack Cone, that's the big storyline here. Jack Cone used to be Wisconsin's quarterback. Well, Jack Cone kind of got banged up in spring ball last year. And the COVID thing happened. Nobody knew they were going to play. They weren't going to play. And Wisconsin kind of wanted Graham Mertz to come in and take control of the program. He was the highly-touted recruit. Well, it hasn't panned out that way because it turns out he's not really all that good. And now they're kind of kicking themselves in the ass, really, for letting Jack Cohn transfer away to Notre Dame because Graham Mertz isn't panning out the way uh, that uh, they thought he would. But they're still very good up front. They have a great running game like they do every single year. That's going to be the game plan today is run the ball down Notre Dame's throats yeah. and uh, play the time you know, time possession game.
1: Well, you're right. But on the other side of the ball with Notre Dame, Notre Dame actually has to establish that running game. I mean, it's been tough getting Kyrene uh, Williams and his run grand going this season that it has been for at least the last few seasons. So, I tell you what, today the Irish really need to have a great game plan for Williams to really establish that run game. Would you agree on that?
3: Oh, definitely. they I mean, yeah, are going to have to get him going, uh, Chris Tyree. Uh, one-two That's their 1-2 combo. That might be the best 1-2 running back combo in the country, but it's overshadowed by the offensive line play because uh, we can't get the running game going because we can't block anybody. And now Wisconsin is an uptick in defense Then. To- what Notre Dame has seen so far this year. So, to free up Jack Cohen downfield, he's accurate. But uh, they're going to have to get the run game going somewhat
1: to make uh, Wisconsin, well, he
3: you know, think about it, you know.
1: <laughs> well, Jack Cohen don't need to be slinging it 40, 50 times uh, today uh, downfield. Definitely so not, it, no. It, <laughs> so, he's, he's definitely a- a- accurate. Um, but... <clears throat> So, Wisconsin, very, very tough team. And so, let's, let's look at it. So let's look at two sides of the, of the coin here. Let's go in both locker rooms. If you're Wisconsin and you're doing your meeting with coaches and, and, and saying, hey, we got to put this out here for the team. This is what we've got to do. This is what we're putting on the whiteboard. If you're a fly on the wall in Wisconsin locker room today doing game prep against Notre Dame, what do you see I'm seeing the game prep against
3: Notre Dame. I'm seeing the edge rush, the pass rush against – because we're starting Blake Fisher again, I believe, today. Left tackle. It's his second start if he starts today, ever. He's a freshman, so that's what I'm saying about how young we are up front this year. Uh, I'm going after him. I'm getting to the quarterback going around him. I am rushing these edges, and I'm going to be relentless with that because I'm not worried about the run game. But I am worried about Jack Cone. So if they can get to Jack Cone, and I think they will, uh, a few times this game, they're definitely going to put a lot of pressure on him. Uh, that's going to be the keys of the game for Wisconsin.
1: Let's go across to the Notre Dame locker room, and you're a fly on the wall. What are you seeing? They're going to have to
3: shut down. I would say shut down Wisconsin's run because that's their bread and butter. But you're going to, have to contain it and put the game on Graham Mertz. Now that's Wisconsin's big problem is Graham Mertz. And on the other side of the ball, we have we have Kyle Hamilton. You know, he's going to be a top ten NFL pick. So if they put the ball in Graham Mertz's hands to uh, put together a drive, then Wisconsin's going to be in trouble. And uh, that's going to be the keys uh, to the game for Notre Dame is to contain or at least somewhat stop that running
1: game and
3: put the ball in Graham Murch's hands.
1: Well, and, you know, if I'm in the same locker room with you and, and we're looking at what Keys have got to do, one of the things I should be seeing on the on the whiteboard in the college uh, coach's uh, room and, and Coach Kelly's uh, uh, coaching area, I don't know why I can't talk today, Rick. It's it's that butterfly effect.
3: Hey, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you
1: got to get Michael Meyer involved early. I mean, this is Probably oh, one of the biggest, to, definitely, yeah. One of the biggest tight ends to ever come through the program and could really put on a show for the college football fans that there in Chicago and Notre Dame fans. <clears throat> I mean, this could be a huge breakout game for him if they can get him involved early. I mean, let's you got him, let's use him. Yeah, and uh, you know Purdue really took him out of the game plan
3: last week. Uh, you didn't really see, hear Baby Gronk's name. <laughs> too much. and Baby Gronk. Everybody knows who <laughs> he is. Yeah, everybody, everybody knows who he is now. So they game plan for him. Uh, we got to get the ball to Brayden Lindsey's hands. We got to get the ball outside to Avery Davis. Uh, we got to use Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree, the two backs in the pass game. We got to hit some underneath plays here, and we got to get something going downfield because uh, that Wisconsin defense is going to come after Jack Cohn
1: against that young uh, offensive line. No, you're absolutely right. The thing is, Irish have to finish in all aspects of the game, on the defense, on the offense, the special team, secondary. I mean, they really do have to finish strong. But I tell you what, I I don't see any reason why Notre Dame can't pull off a win today, although it's going to be a tight win, and it's certainly one that can get away from them relatively, uh, relatively easy. Yeah, you're right.
3: I'll just add that, uh, you know, Wisconsin's offense, uh, I know they put up a lot of points against uh, Eastern Michigan uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I'll I'll bring up this real quick, though, how all these teams take a bye week before they play against Notre Dame. Uh, Wisconsin did it last week. They had a bye week. Uh, Cincinnati's bye week is this week because they play Notre Dame next week. You know, uh, I think that's crazy. Uh, but Wisconsin's offense isn't built – Put up forty, fifty points a game. They're just not built that way. They did it against Eastern Michigan, but if I'm Notre Dame, I'm watching that Penn State uh, tape, you know, from Week One, Wisconsin, Penn State, and see what Penn State did against Wisconsin. I think they only held them to like ten points. So I'm I'm looking at that and seeing where we can uh, get our stops at.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's move over uh, to IU. IU's got Western Kentucky Hilltoppers today. Let's look back last week against that game against Cincinnati. I had, I, I was, I was still very optimistic, and I thought it was a very good game. But uh, talking about finish, IU couldn't finish it. But there again, we are talking about Cincinnati. But that's the problem with IU. They're like, well, it is Cincinnati, or yeah, it is Ohio State, yeah, or it is Iowa. You know, those are the games you have to win, and to be complacent. In that type of, of 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 loss that they had against Cincinnati, they just weren't prepared. What were your thoughts on a recap on that? And, and certainly, we would think they would have no problems against Western Kentucky Hilltoppers because it is Western Kentucky Hilltoppers.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just running into a team like Cincinnati. I thought overall IU did a pretty good job. I think there was a couple crazy plays in that game that bounced Cincinnati's way. And uh, end up being the difference. Uh, I think there was a kickoff return for a touchdown Cincinnati had. So if you take that off the board, uh, you know we're talking about a completely different game, really. I think what well, they ended up winning by 14, 17 points in the second half. Uh, I knew yeah. Cincinnati would would maybe break out in that game at some point, uh, but it took those oddball plays to kind of make that happen. I thought IU did a pretty good job overall. Uh, they're going to have to get Michael Penix going, though. He's got to get going this year. Yeah, he, he needs to be going out the door. Compete. <laughs> well, <laughs> he it, he's to a completely different the quarterback <laughs> than, what, than what we saw last year, and I know he's coming back from the injury, uh, yeah. but he's going to have to get going for them to be competitive.
1: You know, I, I agree. He's very, very talented. He 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 earned the, the starting spot. I I don't know if he's if he's if he's having some. Mental issues, as far as you know, getting back in the game is what I mean by mental issues. Mental blockage, if you will, that happens. I, I don't know what the problem is, but he's making some mistakes that could are just very, very avoidable type mistakes, especially with a quarterback of his caliber. And you know, as much of the knee-jerk stuff as I say, hey, get rid of him, blah blah blah. At some point, they're going to have to look at other options if he can't if he can't get it together. We'll see what he, what he can do because next week we got Penn State. After that, we got Michigan State. So it doesn't get any better from here. So yeah, we'll yeah. To add, to add
3: on to that, th- this this game today against Western Kentucky might be a good opportunity to try out somebody else.
1: Right, mm-hmm, you're right. I
3: think they're going to handle Western Kentucky. Uh, get somebody in there, and get some reps in, and, and see what you got there at backup. Because uh, if Pennix can't get it going, uh, this might be
1: a good week to try something new. You know, we were talking about Stency uh, in the game against IU. You guys got him next week, and I say you guys and me, Notre Dame. Uh, have him next week. So, I, I tell you what, you know, trying trying to be the ultimate optimi- optimist here, if you, if you win today and win next week, that puts you in a very good situation for the playoffs. If you lose both games, well, we know what's happening next.
3: Well, if you lose one game, I think if Notre Dame and not
1: playing in a conference
3: and having a, an extra game, you know, as a conference championship game. Uh, yeah, Basically every week's a playoff game for Notre Dame, right? So yeah, they're going to have to win both if they're going to get in. If they win both, they got a really good chance of winning out then because this is the meat of their schedule. they got Wisconsin today, Cincinnati next week, and Virginia Tech the week after that. Uh, that's kind of the, the meat potatoes here. I mean, they got USC later on. They look good, but they fired Clay Hilton. Uh, but you're not worried about the rest of the schedule. Of course, you can't look at that and take some weeks off because you could get caught and surprised by a team. But these
1: next three games for the Irish
3: is going to determine their season.
1: Okay, well let's look at some of these other get big games that have big impact in Week Four. With plenty of upsets and surprises, we've already we've already seen entering into Week Number Four. Uh, and and uh, there's only two, at least I, I think there's only two ranked teams are playing each other of course uh, Notre Dame and uh Notre Dame in Wisconsin and and Texas and A&M Arkansas let's talk about that game what are your thoughts man I <laughs> if I was college game day
3: I know they're at this uh Wisconsin Notre Dame game but I would have picked <clears throat> that Arkansas A&M game that to go do their show from uh for two reasons I I, I get the fact that uh Alabama and Ole Miss play each other next week why they picked this game because in case Notre Dame loses you know they don't have to worry about a top 10 matchup between Notre Dame and Cincinnati next week they picked this to go that Alabama Ole Miss game all along for next week but I would have picked that A&M Arkansas game for this week because that that's going to be the game of the week and I'm jumping on the arkansas bandwagon here i'm going to take arkansas in this game i love what they're doing defensively Uh, they've got a run game uh they got an sec team there in fayetteville uh, this year so they look great uh jimbo fisher's kind of running with a uh a new quarterback you know now that uh kellen mond has gone a&m did not look good a week or so ago uh you know winning a a game against a, a nobody opponent, like 10-6 to six or something like that. They play like that against Arkansas. Uh, they're in for a long day. I'm taking Arkansas this game, and that's, to me, as an Irish fan, saying that A&M-Arkansas is actually the game of the week.
2: You
1: know, I, I totally agree with that part of it. And, and in my mind, what you were talking, I'm like, he's going straight for Arkansas. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I'm going to go the other way. I'm liking it, man. Really, I, 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 <laughs> I like what I
3: see from them so far. They're, they're, they're great, I mean. They are you know, put together,
1: together. Gonna, this year. I'm going to go with it with the Aggies. I mean, but at the end of the day, this is going to be a good old-fashioned slugfest. They're going to be you know,
3: definitely
1: be, uh, be able to slow down Arkansas through the running game enough to force uh, uh, KJ Jefferson into an uncomfortable passing situations. You know, Texas A&M. Uh, I think the spread is five and a half, uh, and I'm going to go with Texas A&M here. We'll see. Like you said, this, is, this should be the game of the week. This, this, this definitely should it, be. It should be, right. This is where game day should be. <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the other games that that are going on. Obviously, uh, we've got some other games as, as far as good matchups, if you want to look at matchups. Let's look at Boise State and, and Utah State. Uh, what are your thoughts on them? They're they they they're on CBS today at noon. Well, I mean,
3: uh, Utah State never uh, really wins games like this. You know, I mean, we look at Boise State as one of those uh, – Big-time non-power five teams that always uh, get the good bowl game at the end. I mean, they're right there like that again. It might be a good matchup on paper, but I think this is a big win, a blowout win for Boise State.
1: Blowout, you're, the time blowout, because I want to just make sure I watched this score. Because if you're off by one point, I'm going to say, you said a blowout, you were wrong.
0: <laughs> I'm going
1: to go three scores.
0: Okay. Whatever three All scores
1: right. is uh, sixteen,
3: seventeen points, that or more.
1: You know, uh, fifteen team, points, be... sixteen points. <laughs> Are you, sixteen points is that is that your final answer? Okay, we'll be
3: monitoring the score. Well, yeah, whatever the whatever whatever the minimum <laughs>
1: amount of three scores will be
3: is what I'm going with.
1: <laughs> gotcha. All right, we're gonna, we're going to hold you to that. You know, a, a team I've been watching this year, and I won't say really intently, but certainly a, a team that's uh, turning some heads, and that's. UCLA and they're at Stanford. And Stanford, well, we know what they can do, and and uh, that's where um, uh, the, he played for Dallas. His son goes there. Um, oh man, he was a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys Hall of Yeah, Smith. his son Smith. goes. Yeah, his son yeah. goes to Stanford. Yeah. So, yep. what are your thoughts on this UCLA Stanford game?
3: Uh, well, UCLA had a big letdown last week, So, uh, but they're a, a pretty good team. Uh, outside of uh, Oregon, UCLA was the Pac-12's only hope, really. I mean, they had that big win against LSU, and uh, they had a big letdown last week. But I think this is an easy one here for UCLA, I think, to get it back together. And uh, I don't know what the spread is in this game, but uh, I'm going to say at least a couple scores. Uh, big win for UCLA.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, and and, and the thing about it is Stanford does really well at home, and they show up to play, and, you know, they might be an Ivy League team, but they're a very good team, but, you know, like I said, uh, UCLA is is turning heads this year. They're ranked number 24, and they're kind of like slowly underneath the radar, creeping up the the top 25 rankings, so, you know, just another win to check off a box here today. I think you're right. West Virginia and Oklahoma should be a – go ahead.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, with Stanford, David Shaw was getting a lot of NFL attention the past several years. But then these past couple of years has kind of fallen off. And you start looking at David Shaw as he, uh, you know, the guy at Stanford anymore. You know, I mean, they, they, they're they kind of like just, just this eight-win team year after year. I guess if you're Stanford, you're fine with that. But I, I would think with the history of Stanford, especially with like, you know, John Elway. Uh, being like you know one of your guys from Stanford, and the history that Stanford has in football, that you're not really wanting to settle for like eight wins, seven, eight wins anymore. You know you want to be talked about. You want to be, I don't know, a playoff spot, but a New Year six. Uh, you want to be in these big games if you're at Stanford. And he, I think you start looking at David Shaw. I mean, he's a great coach. He was getting NFL looks, but these for years that they, they just he just looks tired. You know, I just don't know if he's the guy there anymore.
2: No, I
1: totally agree with you. I, I totally agree with you. I was hearing uh, one of the national guys talk about that very same thing today, uh, this week. Uh, let's talk about West Virginia. The Mountaineers going into Lunar territory. Obviously, they're ranked number four. Very, they mean business, and they want to get to the playoffs. They don't need any teams like West Virginia getting in their way. Today, Oklahoma checks off a box and gets on down the road.
3: This is a, a very pesky West uh West Virginia team. Uh uh who'd you say who you say they're playing? I just lost the train of thought. <laughs> West Virginia. Yeah, who they Oklahoma team? plays West Oklahoma? Virginia home. Yeah. Oh wow. At home. Yeah.
1: So uh <laughs> Did you see a squirrel <laughs> or something there, Rick?
3: <laughs> yeah, I just lost the train of thought. But yeah, I was going back to <laughs> Oklahoma in their game last week. Man, that defense for Oklahoma, you thought is it was improved after the first couple weeks this year Uh, it's not improved at all they don't play any defense with Oklahoma and West Virginia could put up some points I'm going to stick with Oklahoma in this game but it's going to be close Uh, they're going to eke out another win that defense has got to play better because uh, West Virginia
1: is very good offensively they are very very good offensively Clemson at North Carolina State. What are your thoughts here with this game? I think, you know, uh, North Carolina State has what it has to beat Clemson, but I mean, I just can't see Clemson again hurting their chances for playoffs. But this is what I'm thinking about. They're on the road. Uh, they're, we're talking about strength of schedule. Uh, North Carolina State's not a ranked uh, a team. They've got to get this win on the road, and uh, again, focus on games down. There. And they got to focus on today's game, but the it, it, bigger focus is to get the win on the road against North Carolina State.
3: I, I think that uh, this is a winnable game, actually, for North Carolina State. Uh, if I had to pick an upset this week, it would probably, probably be be this one because uh, Clemson is bad offensively. DJ Uyunglele is uh, – he's, he's no Trevor Lawrence, and he <laughs> – <laughs> uh <Uwe Unglele. laughs> okay, got it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh with him running the offense, I mean you saw him last year against Notre Dame and brought them back in the second half. Of course Notre Dame ended up winning that game in, in overtime. You thought he was gonna be the next thorn in everybody's side, you know, for Clemson and he just he's not turning out that way. They are just bad offensively. Their defense is elite. Uh that's a problem the NC State's gonna run into. Uh, Clemson's defense is is elite but that offense is bad and I I think if uh, NC State can keep this close this is very winnable for NC State I'm taking Clemson close still because it's Clemson but I would not be surprised if uh, NC State actually wins this game well,
1: everything is big in Texas, and there's a big rivalry going on today in Texas, the Red Raiders and the Longhorns and if we look at Texas today you know they had a huge uh, arse kicking ass kicking uh, to uh, Arkansas um, and, and really we let's let's just say that win over rice was okay, come on now, but the Red Raiders. Man, they come into the biggest rivalry game of one, one of the few uh, remaining undefeated college football teams. This is an exciting game to watch. Always fun to watch these rivalry games. But Texas Tech at Texas, and if Texas loses to Texas Tech, I mean, they're going to get another coach hit again. Right? First <laughs> I mean, time if in three years. Gonna right? take, uh, <laughs> yeah. If
3: we're going to take Sark seriously, down at Texas, this is a game we're going to have to win. And he's uh, he's playing out. He's playing with some uh, quarterback drama, you know. He doesn't know who he wants to go with anymore because Card uh, was a starting quarterback there, and he's just not getting it done, especially after the Arkansas loss. Uh, I, I'll take Texas in this game because I think Steve Sarkeesian is, is a really good head coach. Uh, but they're in a rebuild, obviously, because you guys saw the new coaching system, and you know how that goes. Tom takes two or three years to put that to pan out. and I But... This is a game Texas is going to have to win if they got their guy a head coach, right? Well,
1: you, 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 would, you would think so. <laughs> right. You know, hey, last Saturday, we, we we weren't on the show, so we didn't get to break down our, our normal Nevada uh, uh, football. But they had a game against Kansas State. What I found remarkable, and I know I was texting you uh, just some silly stuff back and forth, but Kansas State – Got off to a slow start against Nevada. Of course, Nevada's got Boise State coming up next week. <laughs> it doesn't look any better for them. So our, our weekly check-in on Nevada State, uh, I mean, not Nevada State, but Nevada will Pack
2: football. The quarterback's <laughs> name
3: escapes me at the moment, but uh, their quarterback is actually getting some uh, NFL talk. I mean, he might be NFL oh, caliber yeah. stock quarterback. I don't know if the uh, – just because the quarterback class is down this year, you know, after having uh, Trey Lance and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and all that last year, you know, I mean, we're not really looking at the cream of the crop at quarterbacks this year. we got Sam Howell, UNC, you know, the kid from Nevada, has turned us NFL heads now. But uh, I'm going to pick the Wolf Pack here in this one. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> Comes around. Let's go. In our, in our weekly – uh, Wolfpack. For those that don't know, this just kind of came <laughs> off the blue. It's, we've been feeding off of this since the beginning of the season. I started talking about uh, Nevada, leading into the conversation about Carson Strong, and Rick is kind of like, nobody watches Nevada football. I'm like, Carson Strong, people are going to be watching. Now, <laughs> but it's true, you know, So we we've had this ongoing uh, bantering about Nevada football, the Wolfpack, uh, all season. So we now it's our Weekly Nevada <laughs> Wolfpack. Well, somebody's uh, watching their uh, quarterback because he's getting some NFL hype now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And and we'll see how, how that, that plays out. Well, speaking of the NFL, we're getting ready to roll into our NFL segment. We've been talking with Rick Riggin, our official NFL prognosticator. Uh, Adam was going to join us today, but uh, he is actually going to Cleveland with his father to watch the Browns game. Can't blame him for that. So, uh, he'll be, he's going to try to be on with us next week as well. It's so fun to hey, have well, him you on. Hey, well, you
3: tell Adam, text him, like, hey, stay away from the fights because I see all of these uh, Browns fans uh, getting into these big brawls, like week after week now, you know, all the social media. Now, last week, the brawl bra broke out at like a tailgate birthday party for a kid where they ended up smashing the... Kids' birthday cake and wrecking all, all these, the food for the birthday party. Yeah, this is it's awful. But I, I don't know what it is with the Browns fans now. But uh, they have a good team, and the Browns fans don't like each other. So hopefully Adam uh, can can avoid <laughs> all
1: that. We don't see on social media father son get in in brawl at, at Browns game. <laughs> right, yeah. we laugh about it, but that would not be funny. So, uh, Real quickly, get your thoughts on, on the Lions, obviously uh, going to be 0-3 or whatever it is. We are too, so we're the Colts. Uh, any thoughts on Colts and the Lions we merge on into our NFL segment? Well, I,
3: I don't know what you can really say about the Lions. It's just a new coaching staff, and but it's always a new coaching staff, so now you got the growing pains with the new coaching staff. Uh, I, I do like I, I love what I saw in the comeback against the Niners a couple weeks ago. I love what I saw in the first half against the Packers last week. There is some things there they can build on. But they've run into this uh, buzzsaw, the schedule, this first part of the season. Mm-hmm. I, I think next week they got the Bears, so maybe that's the one that they, they can get next week. But going against the Ravens this week, I mean, it ain't going to happen for the Lions. So, uh 0-3 start for the Lions, uh, but I do like the coaching staff. I, I love Dan Campbell so far. Uh, I think the team is starting to resemble him. Big tough guy, you know, tough personality. Uh, I think it's what the Lions have really needed there in their culture. And uh, so we'll we'll go with that. You yeah, have to give it a couple years to pan out here. So, but it's growing pains this year, but it's always growing pains with the Lions. It's kind of like a broken record at this point. You do see a difference this year, at least I do. I mean, you do see the no-quit. You do see the toughness with the team. Uh, There has been some, like, really good moments uh, with this team so far against the Niners and the Packers. Uh, Let's see if they can get something going against the Ravens. Uh, I I don't see uh, anything that's going to look like a win against the Ravens, but, uh, if they could keep it close and play tough, I mean, you got things to build on there in Detroit.
1: Well, you know, I I hope they they turn out well. Any thoughts on what's going on over here in the Colts world?
3: Uh, well, I don't know. It's just uh, I blame Andrew Luck really because they built that team around Andrew Luck, and then they, he said peace out, and uh, they've just been trying to find themselves ever since. It seems like right so. Uh, he, I knew the Carson Wentz thing wasn't going to work uh, because he can't stay healthy, and uh, I mean, of course, everybody saw that. So Jacob Eason coming in, right? And uh, I mean, he well, had originally a... lost out. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't keep the starting job at Georgia, so he had a transfer to like Washington,
1: I believe. Right? Then he ain't that where he ended up
3: going. I believe
1: you're right. Ed, Ed's on with us, by the way. We're getting ready to start our NFL segment, and we're just going to go right into the NFL segment, and I know you have to drop here in a second, uh, uh, Rick, but uh, you heard Ed. Ed, welcome to the show, to the balance. Uh, and so, You know, Rick, you haven't talked for him for a while, but, uh, but we're <laughs> talking Ed, about <laughs> the master quarterback. <laughs> hey,
2: guys. How you doing? Hey, How you Rick, doing? Good to, good to hear you, man. Y'all doing great. Buddy. Yes, sir. You're already writing <laughs> off Carson Wentz, huh? You're already writing them off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, they, Brent Hetley this week, uh, Ed and, and Rick, I don't know. I think I sent both of you guys a text on this. Brent Hetley got most of the snaps in practice this week. So, um, Ed, should we be writing off uh, Carson Wentz? Uh, Rick Wright said it's a game day decision. In my mind, whenever you hear Frank Reich say it's the game day decision, it means, well, we're going into
2: 0-3.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, what game?
1: <laughs>
3: what game? Week 7? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: you could probably say game time decision just about almost every week with Carson Wentz, given that injury history. Uh, but, yeah, doesn't look good. I mean, two, two sprained ankles, not just one, but two. I mean, come on, really uh you just know you don't have any luck when both ankles get sprained in the same game so uh we
1: don't have we don't have any luck anyway and good thing he didn't get his vaccination there would have been three ankle sprains
2: (laughs) sorry i shouldn't make jokes yeah very important yeah well uh, uh, it looks like rick was right it it, it was he knew from the start right rick that it wasn't going to work. Gosh, it sure feels it just, like it, and I can't Yeah, imagine. you're
3: right. It's, it's that injury history, man. It's just,
2: gosh, you can still see it coming. Yeah. It's like Sam yeah. Bradford. Well, we saw, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we saw it for several <laughs> years here in Philadelphia, and Howie Roseman said it right when they drafted Jalen Hurts. They they played four playoff games with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, and their starter didn't play a single one of them so, uh, you know, because of injuries. So, I mean, that tells you, tells you a lot right there, but. You know, Philadelphia fans were obviously rooting for Carson to hit that playtime requirement of 70% of the snaps or 75%. But I just can't see the Colts letting that happen now, knowing that if this season continues the way it is for them, and it's early, uh, that pick could be a top-ten pick. So there's just no way they're going to let Carson Wentz play 70% or whatever the playtime requirement is. I think it's 70% if you make the playoffs or 75% if you don't. Um, But I just don't see if the Colts keep trending – toward this, you know, what looks like a losing season right now. And, again, I qualify it with being early, but I just don't see them playing him. Uh, Even if he is healthy, they might develop some kind of phantom injury for him just to, you know, give him a little, you know, stroke his ego a little bit. But they're not going to let that happen. They're not going to give up a number one pick to the Eagles if it's a top ten pick. No way. Even a top 15 pick. I just don't see it.
1: Totally, totally agree with you, and
2: and I think you saw the the GIF that I
1: sent you that uh, Ed that Rick sent me uh, on uh, on g- day one, opening one, it was an ambulance coming down the street with the, his lights on, and it said uh, Carson Wentz arriving to the stadium, won game one. <laughs> that was jokes. The joke's yeah. been well, he made it two games. He almost made it two games. Yeah. He didn't even make it two games, Here's the thing, and Rick, feel free to drop if you got to. I appreciate you being on, uh, but I know you said you
2: had well, to come Well, I was going to
1: say, I'll, I'll, oh, go ahead. I'll hang around here
3: yeah, as long as I can. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm on call for work. It's my my normal job. but The phone ain't rang yet, so we're, we're going to hang yeah, yeah. around. But I'm going to say, like, you can take this as a positive thing or not, but what the Colts have going for them is that AFC South is, like, not that great of a division so far. So I right. mean they can start out 0-3 and still be okay. I, I I think because that division is just
2: not that good so far. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. The division's not real good. Um, and and plus it's a 17 game season. So you know, you know 0-2 in a 16 game season uh, probably doesn't look good. But you know you have that extra game. So you you know you have that extra week to kind of dig yourself out of a hole if you will. And you know maybe the Colts can do that. I mean, but yeah, listen, I the Colts are just. You know their defense isn't playing real well. Giving up big plays, and uh, you know they've got some issues more than just. There's no question, and and, you know the big game obviously with Tennessee to try to find that first win, but it's going to be tough.
1: I tell you what, Tennessee is tough. They had a great win over Seattle last week on the road at Seattle. That's a very hard place to win in by itself, Uh, but to get that win in, into just to have the. That momentum coming into here. And here's the thing, and we're going to get into the Eagles here in just a second. But here's the thing, guys. Carson Wentz, we make jokes about Carson Wentz. Didn't even make it two games. He can't stay on his feet. But, my God, our offensive line is atrocious. He 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 barely gets a snap off and he's on the ground. He doesn't even have a chance to, to look downfield. That's how bad it is. And that kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going. And you knew that as, as much as he kept getting pounded on the turf, as hard as he was, something was bound to happen. And it did finally happen last weekend. So our, 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 our offensive line, when I say our, I mean the Colts', the Colts offensive line is a total debacle. And well, what, what, with the talent what that they have and the line, that's what I was going to say with the talent it? that we have and the coaching that we have on that line, there's no excuse for it. I, I don't know what you've uh, noticed there, Rick, but our offensive line is the, one of the biggest reasons we don't have Carson Wentz right now.
3: I, I've been seeing Quentin Nelson getting beat on, on the line. I mean, he's yeah. just top three. I'd I say top three maybe even the best offensive lineman in the NFL, and he's been getting beat off the line. I've I've seen that this year. So, yeah, it's crazy.
2: Yeah. I I just wonder about that. I I, I just wonder about that whole situation with Carson in the locker room and, uh, you know, how players have kind of accepted him. You know, I'm not saying they're laying down and letting him get hit, but uh, it just seems kind of suspicious that all of a sudden they can't play. And, you know, you had a quarterback that, didn't want to get vaccinated, and I know it's a a sticky issue. But, you know, how much bonding was he able to do with his teammates given the policies the NFL has in place for the unvaccinated players? Um, Just not a whole lot of bonding probably that took place. And, you know, I I wonder about that because we saw the Eagles' offensive line. I mean, obviously they had a lot of injury last year and they made Carson's life miserable with so many line combinations. But, you know, there have been instances where you see guys on that offensive line in years prior struggle a little bit. You know, and give up pressure against Wentz, and I, you know, I just wonder about that whole dynamic. That's kind of a conspiracy theory that you know maybe there's something more than just and them it, collapsing. That, it,
3: yeah. Do you think
2: Do you think it could be like
3: a mix-up in protections? Just all this because of the new offensive coordinator? Maybe things just aren't grabbing a hold just yet. Maybe they're going through growing pains because it wasn't Seriani, the offensive coordinator. Now he's in a Philly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, that's hey, I and also with Carson and the protections, because, you know, the, the quarterback, you know, the center uh, is the one that typically makes the, you know, line calls and, and the quarterback as well has a hand in that. So, you know, you wonder if Carson's not reading the defense properly now he's known for his work ethic and his study habits. And, you know, first one in the building, at least he was here in Philadelphia, you know, 5.00 AM he's the first one through the door. You have to give him a key to get in and, all that stuff. But, um, you know, you wonder if, if some of it's on Carson, too, with, you know, not reading the defense correctly and putting the line in the right position to make those blocks. We're talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the
1: Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. And hanging over around with us from college football is Rick Riggin, our college football extraordinaire and all-around beer drinking boat riding <laughs> Got hey, Notre Chater- guy.
2: Notre Dame. Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame loving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got almost like a Rick Flair
1: sketch out of this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, who did, who, who did the Irish have today? Who did, I'm sure you talked about it. I'm sorry, Mister. Who was the Irish playing today? They're, they're uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin was playing in Chicago at at Soldier Field. Uh, okay, that's a good game.
3: Yeah, it's a tough on the to pick, really, because both teams have big right. problems.
2: <laughs> oh Yeah, Wisconsin's defense is pretty good. I mean, they shut Penn State down yeah, for it's good. You know, three and a half quarters. Yeah, it's it's good defense. So. That'd be a good yeah. test for the Irish, see if they all offense oh, yeah. can do. Well, we
1: got Monday night football. The rivalry uh, continues: the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know you're going to be headed down to Dallas for an exciting game down there. I tell you what, I like what Jalen Hurts has been able to do for me so far on fantasy uh, football. At least you guys do have a do have a a, a quarterback in play, <laughs> if you will. Uh, <laughs> but you do have Brandon Graham sideline for this game. Obviously, Fletcher Cox and, and Ryan Kerrigan are next man up, if you will. Uh, talk about the impact that Brandon Graham uh, being a sideline for this Dallas game is going to play for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles.
2: Well, it's huge, obviously. You know, Brandon Graham's, you know, the heart and soul of that team. He's not only their best, you know, pass rusher and probably center of the edge in the run game, but, he, you know, that guy and from the moment he came in the league, you know, I, I like Brandon. So much as a person he's got this infectious laugh, and just a fun guy to you know talk to and goof around with, and you know he brings that same attitude into the locker room, and you know it's been a big talking point this week with all the other you know teammates how are they going to fill this void and you know one of the players, I think it might have been Kerrigan said you know he's Brandon Graham's the kind of guy that when guys don't feel like practicing for a day and you know you have guys that come in and some days it's like any job you, you just don't feel like putting the time in as much as you normally would and You know, Graham would be the guy to lift them up and challenge them and and make sure that they rise to the level they need to be at for a practice. So uh, it's a big, it's a really, really big loss. Um, And it's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles overcome that. Uh, You know, they have obviously mentioned Ryan Kerrigan. He first two games, he looks like, you know, maybe he doesn't have a whole lot left, but he's been playing with a a cast on his uh, thumb that he had surgically repaired uh, early in training camp. So you wonder, I mean, he's got great career numbers against the Cowboys when he was in Washington. And you have, you know, you have uh, a rookie, Milton Williams, that they might slide outside. And you have Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett, two guys they are really going to lean on heavily now. Um, But it's going to be a big hole for sure to not have Brandon Graham, both on the field and off the field. And, And he's not the only injury, you know. Jordan Melotta, their left tackle, who they gave a huge contract to prior to uh, the opening uh, game against the Falcons, he sprained a knee in practice Thursday and he's probably not going to play. So their former first round pick Andre Dillard is going to probably step in and, you know, Eagles fans aren't too excited about that because they've seen Dillard. He doesn't have a great body of work and, Uh, you know, that's going to be a big concern as well. So, uh, and then also on that offensive line, they're going to start a rookie in Landon Dickerson, the kid from Alabama, because they lost Brandon Brooks in the 49ers loss to a pectoral injury. So, uh, you know, you, you got three really key injuries, but Graham's the biggest.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: It, it, it's going to be an exciting game to watch. It's
1: always exciting to watch a rivalry game, but it's really exciting to watch the Dallas Cowboys and uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, do it. Uh, any last-minute thoughts on that game uh, there, Ed? I know you're going to be down there, and it's going to be an exciting time uh, for you to be down there, but uh, oh, any, any more thoughts on this game?
2: Uh, well, you know, the Cowboys obviously are a little banged up, too. They don't have Demarcus Lawrence, third-top pass rusher. They've been playing Micah Parsons, the rookie from Penn State, at defensive end, which they did, uh, you know, against the Chargers, and he played really well there. And I was told that he's been getting all the reps at defensive end this week, which is a little surprising because, you know, I think with Jalen Hurts, you mentioned him, and he's really good at running the ball, 82 yards last week. Uh, you know, the Eagles, I think, are first in the league in rushing, but half of those yards have come from Hurts. But you would think that defenses would try to put a spy on him uh, so he can't get outside to do damage with his legs. And, uh, even in the pass game when he starts to scramble, make sure you have a linebacker in place. And, you know, I thought Micah Parsons would be perfect uh, in that role, 6'3", 45 can run a 4-3 athletic is all so you know it'd be surprising that if he plays a tie, an entire game at dm but you know that's something to watch is how the cowboys deploy uh that rookie linebacker parsons ricky got
1: anything uh for uh, uh ed on the philadelphia eagles and the dallas cowboys
3: uh no i can't add anything to what ed says i mean because he's a he's a pro so oh, <laughs> i yeah. will say i do that's like what... what i've what i've seen from uh Dak Prescott this year. and It's going to be actually a pretty good game because I I think Dak Prescott's played great. We're going to see Jalen Hurts grow up. I think Micah Parsons is the real deal. I mean, he looks great out of Penn State. And I don't know what's going on at linebacker with the Cowboys with Jalen Smith, but I thought having Micah Parsons and Jalen Smith at linebacker, I mean, that is, that's a killer linebacking core. But they haven't really played playing Jalen Smith so much,
2: so I don't know what it is there. But,
3: uh I think we're going to pick the Cowboys in this game, uh, but I don't know why. Other than uh, I just like what I've seen from Dak Prescott so far.
2: Yeah, I, I yeah. do too. I've
1: got. To say, I, go
2: ahead. Sure. Uh, well, no, I was just going to say, and it's the you know Dallas's home opener. They started the season with two road games. You know, Dak is kind of returning to the, in front of the home crowd for the first time since his injury last year. So it's going to be a real celebratory. Uh, Pre-game and during the game, those Cowboys fans are going to be pretty stoked. Um, but, you know, listen, I you know, the Eagles had their home opener last week and they, uh, they couldn't win. And, you know, the NFL, surprisingly, a lot of road teams are winning in the league this year, which is kind of surprising, uh, given that, you know, it's really the first chance fans in most stadiums have been able to, you know, come out in full force. Uh, but yet the visiting teams have done a nice job winning, you know, in, in enemy uh, stadiums. Well, let's
1: talk about Thursday night. I mean, the Panthers got a huge win against the Texans, which I'm not complaining with the Texans being in the AOC South. I mean, that game, though, Christian McCaffrey went out. And he's, he's out now at least for two to three weeks, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, and I had one of those Fred Sanford heart attacks when that happened because he was my number one pick in my fantasy football. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, and, Rick, uh, you, you're, you're – may not know what the Fred Sanford heart attack is but Ed does (laughs)
3: yes I know the Fred Sanford heart attack
1: (laughs) that's what I have
3: I know Sanford and son Tom I'm 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 young I'm not that young I mean 42 years
1: old is Sanford son
3: was around when I was a kid
1: (laughs) okay sounds good but talking about the road wins again you got the 49ers getting a big win you, you know, we you, won't even talk about the Colts getting a big win and not getting a big win. Uh, but you're right; the, the 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 traveling teams are winning, and good game for San Francisco. But man, uh, the disappointing loss there. But Panthers Texans, did you get, get a chance to catch that game? To me, I thought that was just an all around well played game, outside of the
2: uh, Fred Sanford heart attack. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, any thoughts on that game? <laughs> Yeah, big. that's a big loss, losing McCaffrey, not only for Carolina, but I guess you too, Tom, on your fantasy team. But, uh, yeah. you know, listen, some guys like Carson Wentz, they just get hurt, you know. Now, this is what, McCaffrey's second straight year having a significant injury. I don't know what he did as his rookie, but, you know, he stayed healthy. But, you know, that's a concern, you know, to have a guy that gets hurt all the time at a key position. But, yeah, that's... You know, that, that Carolina team, man, 3-0, whoever saw that coming. And the Eagles have to go there after, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks here. Um, you know, I don't know if they'll still be undefeated, but you like some of the things they're doing. I mean, I like your defense. You know, they play fast. They, they do a lot of good, uh, good job disguising things up front, bringing pressure from different places. Um, you know, Matt Rule, former Temple coach, you know, he's beloved here in Philadelphia for doing what he did with Temple before moving on to Baylor and then into the NFL. But, you know, he's got that team playing really, really well on defense. And Sam Darnold suddenly looks like a competent quarterback after years of looking like a bust in New York with the Jets. Uh, he's doing pretty well. Uh, so, you know, Carolina right now is the surprise, surprise team. And then the Texans, you know, Davis Mills, a rookie, came in and, you know, made some decent throws, but, you know, had some issues with, you know, protection up front. Uh, But I thought it was a pretty, you know, uh, decent debut for Mills. I know he didn't win and he didn't lead them to more than nine points, but, you know, I think there's some promise there. So um, the Texans are kind of surprising to me. I mean, they already have a win. And their first-year coach, David Kelly, um, it would have been nice to see them play a little more, you know, a little better. I know that game was close early, but you know, that's their home field. They, you know, you're supposed to defend your home field, but again, a road team comes in and, and fix it to the home team. Well, we can only hope that that, that continues
1: over for the Colts because the Colts are going to Tennessee. <laughs> so let's just hope that there's something in the air Airplane, air, never mind. But let's just hope that there's something in the <laughs> – my humor is really bad today, guys. Really, really bad. Uh, we got Rick on with this. Obviously, uh, R- the Ravens are, are at the Lions. Uh, Rick and I talked a little bit at the beginning of this segment about the Ravens and the Lions. Uh, but, you know, the Ravens, good team. Lions, they're, they're struggling as well. Um, we'll start with you, Ed, on the Ravens and the Lions, and, and then Rick will get your thoughts on the Ravens and the Lions.
3: Well, right, I
2: guess I need to tread lightly here with Rick being uh <laughs> yeah. Lions Hey, trust me, uh, fan as a Lions is. fan, I, I, I
3: could take whatever you get ready to
2: say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say Dan Campbell's looking like, you know, he could be uh, on the first ticket out of town uh, the way his team has played so far. But uh, they took a big chance hiring him. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to work out, but, you know, there are a couple other first-year coaches, On too. Also, Robert Saleh, and, you know, you hope the Lions kind of stick with Campbell. You hate to see, you know, coaches kind of come and go after a year or two years. But, uh, you know, right now, this is a team that doesn't seem to have a whole lot of identity. And, uh, you know, just struggling. You know, Jared Goff, you hope that he would, might make a difference. You know, I'm not sure he has so far. And now you play a Ravens team that, you know, handed the Chiefs a, a loss in a very entertaining game last week. Uh, it's going to be another tough game for the Lions. I mean, they could be sitting here at 0-3. Uh, I know when their first win is going to come. It's going to be when the Eagles go out to Detroit and I think October 31st on Halloween and play. That's a game the Eagles probably lose. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That. That. <laughs> well, you hope. I don't know what the schedule looks like beyond Baltimore. But, you know, that's a tough game. That's I think it's the Bears the after that. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see if Justin Fields is hitting his stride, or you know, playing Andy Dalton like the like Matt Nagy says they are. But uh, yeah, listen, Rick. Hey, I'm rooting for the Lions, man. Come on. I, I you know I hope they win for your sake. It's frustrating being a Lions fan. Uh, I would think. <laughs> I,
3: I would say. I would say you have to give a coach two or three years. You can't really yeah, just. I, go in there after one year and, they're like, well, he's terrible. Get him out of here. I mean, what do you expect after one year? I mean, we just uh, right, traded away uh, Stafford for golf and, and some first-round picks. Let's get these first-round picks in here and, and really start to build. And I liked what I saw in the second half against the Niners in week one, that big comeback they had. And I liked the first half last week against the Packers. Uh, defensively, the Lions are awful. They can't stop the run. Now they're going against Lamar Jackson, who's the best running back mm-hmm. the Ravens' have. And uh, yeah. so not only are they going to run the ball, but then Lamar Jackson is also going to run the ball. Uh, so it's it's really a tall task. It's going to be 0-3. Uh, I do see some spots this year where they can build on. Uh, they do have a bit of a running game this year, which is not something I'm used to seeing as a, as a Lions fan. Uh, but we saw Golf make some terrible, like, mistakes in that second half against the Packers game. It's like two fumbles uh, where he just knocked the ball out yeah. of his own hands, really. And uh, you can't have that stuff, especially going against Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I hope they give Dan Campbell at least three years, three after the third yeah. the third season, make your decision. But uh, right. I see some things they could build on, and they got these first round picks coming in now too. So we'll see. We'll see what yeah, happens. I agree
2: with well, the three year, yeah. That three year thing. That that to me is what a coach should have. You know, and you hope that they stick with it for three years. With I think every coach deserves at least three years. No, I absolutely agree.
1: Well, let's uh, move on to our last game that really that we've got time to talk about. There's a lot of other games going on. Make sure you follow us on social media at T-Balance. We'll have all the updates from the different games. A lot of great games to watch. Uh, certainly touched on the Monday night game. But I think another good road uh, game is the Bears and the Browns. Uh, certainly the Bears having a quarterback situation themselves. And then the Browns, Adam, our college football uh, co-pilot, couldn't come on today. He's going to uh, Cleveland with his father to watch the, the Browns and Rick and I were ju- kind of joking, like stay away from the brawls, but Ed, have you seen all the fights that have been breaking out in Cleveland and you would, you think, Oh my gosh, the bears and the Browns, but this is a, this is a brew a pot uh, for fans. I just don't understand NFL fans. I, I, I get the, the, I really get the passion. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it just seems like, Maybe it's just, hey, we're back. We're seeing it in in stadiums across the NFL, but more so we're seeing the Browns uh, fans just go crazy. We talked about a big brawl of a a birthday party last week. Rick and I did about, I mean, not last week, but it it happened last week. Sorry, we talked about it this week. Uh, But the Bears and the Browns, again, all all the making for a a slugfest uh, out, out
2: there in the dog pound. Ed? Yeah, I I, yeah, I, I don't know anything about those balls. I mean, I, I, I guess the Browns and the Browns or the Browns and the Bears are a big rivalry. I didn't know it was such a you know this big rivalry, uh, you know, two teams in different conferences. But I guess geographically it makes it that way. But uh, yeah, the Bears are struggling. I guess they're going to probably start Justin Fields, um, you know, but that offensive line's pretty bad. You hope Fields can get through it healthy the Browns will put pressure on them. I mean, I just I don't think the Bears will be able to compete, to be honest with you, with the Browns. But I've been wrong before, so uh, we'll see <laughs> how that comes <turns> out. <laughs> I, and I've, never,
1: I've never known that before. Ed. Thanks for admitting that to us there, Ed.
2: I, I, I oh, wonder well, if i I can know, have, i I can, I, can, I, can, I can have my my wife send you a list. I mean, she keeps a list of <laughs> times I'm wrong. And it's, you know, it's, that's that's it's, a few chapters long.
1: <laughs> I'm sure Rick's wife has the same list.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 guys, you got to wonder. Like I said, Adam, uh, big Ohio State guy, uh, is going to this game. you got to wonder, is he going to watch the Browns or is he going to possibly watch Justin Fields? Coincidence? I don't think so.
3: I'll say this. Uh, Ohio State has given Adam nothing else to look forward to. Uh, this year so far, but I might be saying the same thing about myself after this uh, Irish game of the against Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, it should be. Hey, what time is
2: that game? What time is that game? That Irish game? Uh,
3: eleven o'clock oh. my time, so twelve you.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: It, it, yeah, it's like the first game of the day, so about an hour.
1: <laughs> so,
3: uh, right, may, be, uh
2: Ed, go ahead. I was just going to say I'll be at Nick Sirianni's press conference. He's talking at 12.15. I'm sure he'll be wearing another Beat Dallas T-shirt that he wore earlier in the week. I mean, this guy and his T-shirts, you know, for a head coach, I've never seen a head coach act like this before. He wears a Jalen Hurts T-shirt to support Hurts. He's wearing the Beat Dallas all week T-shirt. You know, he's really a a, a rah-rah head coach. But he's a young guy, 39. We just turned 40. So it's just been kind of funny to see his uh, T-shirt. Fashion wardrobe that he breaks out every week.
0: <laughs>
2: I,
1: I've seen that in the different uh, press conferences. I wonder if it's just a a comic thing, or is it an actual motivation I, thing? I don't I don't know. Interesting.
2: I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's 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 a different dynamic one I've never seen before.
1: Going on in that same press conference is a, another. Uh, matchup uh, get your thoughts on before we let you go Penn State 3-0 uh, hosting a 3-0 Villanova Wildcats I wouldn't say this is a Pennsylvania rivalry but a 3-0 Penn State is a lot different than a 3-0 Villanova Wildcats what are your thoughts on this Penn State game today
2: yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many Villanova football fans are there. Villanova doesn't get a lot of love in Philadelphia for their football team. They got a great basketball team and they get a lot of love there, but the football team's kind of an afterthought. Uh, you know, it's a it's a David and Goliath matchup. I mean you know, Villanova's good, but I you know, they don't get the same recruits that Penn State gets. Penn State should should win this game. We've seen F C S schools, you know, upset, you know, division one teams before. I'm not sure how many of them have been in the top ten like Penn State is. I I don't know. I think Penn State, you know, they should win this game pretty comfortably. I'd imagine.
1: I would think so. Absolutely. Uh, Rick, did you have any final any final thoughts or anything for Ed?
3: Well, I was just going to say that three zero Villanova Villanova record doesn't include wins over Wisconsin and Auburn like Penn State's does. So, yeah, Ed's <laughs> right. It's going to be pretty comfortable at halftime. Uh, they're going to see what they have at back up here, it's going to be a
2: second half in this one.
3: So, Rick, Rick, that's that's why I –
2: Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Rick, you see, that's why I decided to go with our
1: Nevada uh, game uh, talk as as opposed to the Villanova-Penn State game. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I was going to say that's a challenge, though. You know, you're right. They beat Wisconsin and they just beat Auburn in a great game last Saturday night. So, that's the challenge now is for Penn State to not, you know – you know they got really emotional after that win. You hope that they can get to that level again, and not just say, "Well, we can just you know show up and we're going to win." You know that's you know that could be a danger, and that's what could help Villanova. I mean that that's an interesting idea that Penn State might not show up. You know after a big emotional win, and they start smelling themselves, and next thing you know, it's you know 17-14 at halftime. Hey, what's
1: wrong with smelling yourself? I do that on a daily basis. Come on, man. <laughs>
2: TMI, you know, bring you, TMI, buddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> bring you into the Nevada Wolfpack uh, loop here with Rick and I at the beginning of the season. Just talking about teams, what to look at for quarterback. And, and I started talking about quarterback Carson Strong, which is getting a lot of looks from the NFL now. So who's, who's laughing now? But nonetheless, I started talking about Nevada football, and, and uh, Rick started busting my chops saying nobody watches Nevada football. Nobody cares about Nevada. So every week we've had to have a little – Brief talk about the game about Nevada football. Last week they they had a a relatively good start against Kansas State. Kansas State came back and got a good win. They got Boise State next week, uh, but that's the joke with the Nevada State Wolfpack. We we throw the a little tidbits in about Nevada Wolf So you got anything well, on the wait wait, wait wait
2: well wait 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 you're saying Nevada has a football team? Yeah
0: they yeah who knew. <laughs>
2: They got a pretty gosh <laughs> darn quarterback, and uh, we might be talking about him
1: uh, next year, Carson I Strong. So. I know, I know.
2: I, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I know Nevada. I
1: guess, <laughs> a football but, uh, yeah, you're right,
2: Carson Strong. I don't know. I haven't seen them play, but you know, a whole lot, um, in fact, at all. But uh, you know, I guess, you know, maybe I'll start. I don't know. They usually play like it's like 11 o'clock at night, or aren't they? They're kind of the late. Right. Time? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're a West Coaster uh, group. They they play. Yeah. Next
1: week at 3.30, but, uh, you know, it's early oh, for them okay. anyway. Maybe.
2: Yeah. But you're right. I, you know, but usually by you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, guys, we got to wrap it up and put on, a bowl on it. Uh, Ed, I know you're going to be headed down to Dallas. Hope you have a good, safe trip there and have a good game to, to cover for us. But where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir?
2: Uh, you can find me at eaglemaven. dot com or on my uh, website, or, yeah, or uh, on Twitter rather uh, at Brad B K R A C Z E and I, and I usually post all my links there. So, one stop shop. Absolutely. All right, Ed. You have yourself a good weekend, and thanks
1: for coming on, sir. Thanks,
2: guys. Good talk to you, Rick. Maybe hung out. Yes.
3: Yes, sir. See, See you, you, Ed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Rick. Thanks for hanging out, man. You're you're, you're good yeah. people. You're good people. I'll I'll make sure. Like that you I get said, I'm on I'm on I'm
3: on the old on call this weekend, but the phone ain't rang, so I'll uh,
1: I'll stick around. Ring. You
3: know, it's gonna ring
1: as soon as we get off get off the show here.
3: Well, have done that to me
1: before, so <laughs> appreciate you joining us. I, I really do. Uh, where can people find your work in masterpieces? Any final words of wisdom for us, sir?
3: Yeah, you know, I talk about the Nevada football, I would say the uh, the one big thing from Nevada football uh, is quarterback Colin Kaepernick, and his head coach is Brian Polian, who is now the uh, special team coach at uh, Notre Dame. So there's some well, there you little go. Nevada 360. fun, fun well, there facts for there's
2: you. A and, uh, three, you can... <laughs> there's a 360
1: degrees between everybody or something like
3: that? Yeah, it's six degrees.
1: Six degrees, that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's six degrees right. from Kevin Bacon. can't right. I can't get nothing right. Or three degrees. Like today. Or three degrees? <laughs> I don't know. Butterfly effect, three degrees. Six degrees. Yeah. Six degrees. No, you're right. Six degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find your work Masterpiece, sir?
3: I am on the Twitter, at Riggin underscore Rick.
1: All right, buddy. Uh, you had yourself a good weekend. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you too, buddy. Thanks. Rick Reagan joining us. And, yes, we did have an hour show today. We did not have a racing segment. I'll be back next week, right, guys. Uh, so we'll be having everything up on social media. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you hit like, love, and just know how awesome you are and you know how awesome we are, obviously. Uh, and follow us on at T-Balance or Facebook, The Balance. My name's uh, Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Always good to have Ed and Rick on um, uh, with us to, to talk uh, some football and college football as well. Um, again, not, uh, follow us on Facebook uh, at, at the Twitter. No, I'm the one saying that's where. At T-Balance and Facebook. My name is Tom with El Presidente. Well, let's have a great football weekend. Let's have a great race weekend. Let's see what happens in Long Beach. And uh, Vegas, make sure you're following us on our social media at T-Balance. I'm out of here. Don't drink and drive. Deuces.